First and Goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson is live 1 to 8 p.m. every Sunday throughout the season. The NFL is on. Tune in. Cordell Stewart, my co-host on NFL No Huddle, join us tomorrow every weekday, 4 p.m. Eastern, for the most comprehensive three hours of NFL coverage you'll find any place. Cordell, do you want to start in Tennessee, or how about our Jaguars with that beatdown they applied in London, crushing Baltimore? Your Jaguars, huh? I thought you picked the Baltimore Ravens, but let me tell you about your favorite quarterback, Blake Bortles. He put on a phenomenal display of great quarterbacking, going 23 of 31, four TDs. One question you and I talked about on our show, No Huddle, was how will the Baltimore Ravens handle the long travel? I said they're probably more or less being awe, uh, just caught up into the the nuances of things, and the Jacksonville Jaguars being the the well-traveled team they are, probably having the biggest crowd there in London, end up coming away victorious by a big margin of scoring 44 points on this team, Baltimore, who's pretty much been putting out a few donuts uh, when it comes down to playing against teams like the Cincinnati Bengals and a few other teams that they play really hard against. Maybe not gotten donuts, but play really hard. But great job by Jacksonville. How about this Kansas City Chiefs team? I mean, looking at them right now, Alex Smith and company are continuing to play phenomenal football. Eric Murray filling in for Eric Berry, doing a great job of sticking Antonio Gates, making it a tough day. Uh, for Phillip Rivers to be able to connect with his favorite target. And my Steelers goes on the road and lose against a Chicago Bears team that could easily have two wins this year if they only could have connected against the Atlanta Falcons when playing there in Soldier Field uh, with two opportunities in, in the end zone but couldn't connect. So a lot of great football around the National Football League. The young kid, Jake Elliott, uh, the, the, the young rookie a field goal kicker from Memphis puts up a 61-yard field goal uh, to actually take your team, Brian, again. Here he is, Nick. His team again, who he <laughs> said was going to win that division, uh, actually forced that team to be 0-3 at this moment in time. That's the New York football giants with Odell Beckham coming back, having a great game. So great football across the board. Uh, that was a great game, to say the least, for that young kid, Jake Elliott, who took it 61 yards in the air to put it between the uprights. Barely made it, but they don't say – Actually, how did you do it? They asked for the end result, and the end result was a victory. Cordell, let's go back for a second. Now, you know, there's no timetable uh, on Andrew Luck. I know it's being alleged he may come back to practice, and I'm sure after watching Jacoby Brissett go out and play the way that he's been playing. Now, would it, would this be a little too far-fetched to think, knowing as though the Colts needed some need a lot of pieces to keep Jacoby Brissett in-house and then start to shop maybe Andrew Luck to get more pieces to help this team. Is that a little too far? Yeah, that's insane. Thing? I'm going to jump. No, it's not insane. It's not. It's not insane. Shop because, Andrew Luck. Plus, you could trade the, him with the contract. But because Cordell, here's the thing. This is your here, segment. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I, of course, you know. You know why he's griping over there right now. Exactly. Because you know B. Okay. Webb is high on Andrew Luck. And plus, he went to Stanford. So, with saying that. <laughs> We had this conversation on our show with, 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 with saying that there are talks around the National Football League that within his camp, uh, which we haven't heard that directly from the camp, but just conversation around the National Football League, that that may be a potential chance or just talks or even just thinking about that being a potential scenario. Now, let's just be realist here. If we're a front office people and we saw our team being as young as they were and the money that we've given Andrew Luck, it's not actually turning out the way we would love for it to turn out because he's injured all the time. And it's not necessarily his fault. This is strictly a business decision. 
if I had the opportunity to get enough pieces for someone like Andrew Luck and seeing this kid Brissett playing the way he is, and he, if he continues this type of play without Andrew Luck being on the team, you have to visit that conversation. Why not? Your team needs everything under the sun to give them a chance just to have an inkling of an opportunity to compete every week. But Brissett actually went out against a, a Cleveland Browns team, took advantage of his opportunities, and played well, played solid, and ended up winning this game 31-28. to And by committee, we saw Frank Gore, who had a solid game, made a couple plays here and there, scored a touchdown. That's really all you ask for. Not necessarily to carry the load, but just be a part of it. And he was. So I like what you're saying, Nick. We talked about this on our show during the week last week. So this is not new conversation for us. Uh, But I think it's a great thing to think about. And if you're a front office crew, I think the best thing you can do is at least visit it. Maybe not make it public information, but you have to think about that because if Andrew Luck comes back to this football team, because there were some saying, should he just stay out for the rest of the year? And my, my thing is, heck no. He has to get in and play because of that big big contract that they've given him of $87 million guaranteed. And I questioned it from day one, to be honest with you. But when I do that, it sounds like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm another, salty, I'm right? Another, yeah, salty. and I'm not because <laughs> is, he, is he living up to that $87 million bucks? You know what we say? It's the offensive line. It's the coaching. It's the GM. It's the management. They've been drinking too much the night before when they gave him the contract. No, he can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the field. So, hey, let's visit it and talk about it. And if we can't get nothing that we want from it, just keep it the way it is. Why not? Uh, yeah, because you guys are both nuts. We're taking you around the league with Cordell Stewart, my co-host on NFL No Huddle. Join us tomorrow for Eastern time among our scheduled guest, Charles Davis of NFL Network and the NFL on Fox. He was in the broadcast booth for Tennessee's comprehensive victory over Seattle. Overtime is just underway at Lambeau Field. Cincinnati gets the football first. If they do anything productive, we'll take you there live. Cornell, what'd you take away from Tennessee's win? DeMarco Murray had a run that's going to live forever on the highlight reel for the Titans. He simply would not go down as he was able to weave his way all the way to the end zone. Great run by him. Uh, tons of questions of wondering if if uh, Derrick Henry would be able to carry the load, and, and he came in and played well. But that was one of those plays, uh, I think, for DeMarco Murray that really put a stamp of approval on his career up until this point because – uh, of, of the conversations of Derrick Henry actually carrying the load, but yet the old man comes on the football field and, and, and gives them a spark, gives them a big run uh, that catapulted them in the position uh, that they end up being in, which was was on the side of, uh, let's just say, being victorious and having a, a very, very good game, uh, to say the least. But when saying all that, um, you know, th- that style of football, you know, and, and I say it all the time. It can go to the North Pole. It can go to the South Pole. When you run the football as well as they did, you can test the mental and physical fortitude of any defense in the National Football League when you are as stubborn as that running game was today. That was Mike Malarkey's style of football when it comes to the play calling. It's all about the scheming with X's and O's. It's about execution. And at the end of the day, it's all about being able to, to control a game in a sense of how you play. And I thought all three facets of those conversations and things I just mentioned, the Tennessee Titans did a good job. So hats off to them to getting the win. But how about my guy, my quarterback, the guy who was, where was he last? He was in L.A., the starter last year, who started off, what, five, three and oh. Oh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Yes. Take a victory ha. lap there. 
Hey, that's another great one. So well, what happened it, to Tampa Bay in that game, Cornell? It looked well, like they were no. sleepwalking. So is it Tampa Bay or is it Case Keenum? You know what? I'm going with Case Keenum. I thought he played a phenomenal game. I thought the offense played very well together. And, yeah, to, an- to answer your question, uh, because that was the team I did pick to win that division, uh, it's the season is not over. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it just looked like they weren't capable, able of, capable excuse me, of keeping up with what we saw the Minnesota Vikings doing. We had a few guys go out with injuries. A little bit uncharacteristic of what we've seen of them as of lately. Uh, but I just think it was just a really good game, a really hard fought and tough game uh, by this Minnesota Vikings team that wouldn't give in. Uh, quarterback in Case Keenan went 25 or 33 uh, with three touchdowns, didn't turn the football over. Cook gave you 97 yards. Uh, Case Keenum even gave you a, a little scampy 18 yards on the day to help out Diggs. Another phenomenal day of 173 yards. And Thielen giving you 98 and, okay, Kyle, Kyle Rudolph, obviously, he's not Case Keenum's favorite guy like he is. Uh, for Sam Bradford, you end up having an opportunity uh, to see Case Keenum go out and then spread the ball around similar to what Sam Bradford did week one. So I think that team is playing really good football. They're on the right track. And, guys, we got to figure out what's going on with the Giants. They better hurry well, figure over, this thing pal. out. Pal, they're it's 0-3. Tough. Oh, when you're 0-3, you're not going to the playoffs statistically. I mean, they, they <laughs> need a lot of help because this, the second-best team in the division is playing really good football, and that's the team I picked to be the second-best team in the, in the division is Philadelphia. So, you know, it, it, they play very good today. How about the scramble by Kay, uh, um, about uh, Carson Wentz of 11 yards making a play? Uh, I mean, it, it was just a lot of playmaking taking place. LeGarrette Blunt getting a tough yardage when needed. And I think everything that you needed from this from this Philadelphia Eagles team to get that win, which was a tough one, an in-division in rival, uh, they end up coming away uh, pretty good. And uh, right now they're sitting at 2-1 and one, um, with, with an opportunity to compete for that division if they can keep playing this type of football. Wow. I mean, everyone's patting themselves on the back. Uh, you know, you're doing a great job of it, Cordell. So why, 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 why stop there? So tell me with Jameis Winston. It just seemed like he's, he fluctuates. He goes up and down, and you're our resident quarterback. So I'm going to defer to you on this. Why, why is he so ups and down? Well, the, the ups and downs come from, in my my mind, just maybe sometimes trying to do too much. And I think that was one of the conversations we heard when we watched uh, the Hard Knocks um, show this past summer uh, with his head coach. Uh, and himself and saying that he doesn't have to do it by himself. And when you go out and you make those types of mistakes, turning the ball over three times on the road, uh, you really make it hard for your team to actually have a chance to compete within the trenches. And, you know, you have to credit that to Coach Zimmer's defense. Let's just call it what it is. This is a very good defense they have over there. No one really wants to give them credit because I know we have our eyes on the Green Bay Packers, which I think we all do as we speak right now. With this game with seven minutes, 34 seconds left in overtime, they have the football on the, what, the minus 21-yard line. Um, it's just one of those cases where they're just playing solid. And I just think right now Tampa Bay need to figure it out because Atlanta, uh, they got away with one today. Oh, um, they got away with they one. Got, they got away with oh, one, a huge one today. And they say he was down by contact, but I don't even think the knee touched the ground, to be honest with you. It looked like it was very close. But I don't think it touched the ground. I think he ended up scoring that touchdown and the comeback kid and, and, and Sam Bradford. He Matthew truly lives, Stafford. Matthew, Matthew Stafford. Stafford. I, there it is again. Matthew Stafford, he lives up to the new contract. So, uh, again, this conference, that division is going to be a tough one as we move forward. Minnesota's playing good. The heck with the loss today for, for, for 
for the Detroit Lions. Phenomenal game by them. Atlanta's playing solid. We see Green Bay trying to make a run to to get a W today. Philadelphia, uh, they're doing their thing. And um, it's looking pretty decent in the NFC North, to say the least. The NFL is on TuneIn. First and goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson. Hear every score as it happens live every Sunday throughout the season from 1 to 8 p.m. Eastern.